Bones are amazing things. They hold us up. They support us. They make us strong. But bones have other uses. In the past, bones were thrown by diviners, seeking out the mysteries of the future. Now the bones are cubes, made of plastic or resin. But they still reveal things to us. As they fall from our fingers and rattle across the table, the story becomes clear. Welcome to Bone Thrower's Theater, an RPG actual play podcast. Hello, and welcome back to Bone Thrower's Theater. Welcome to Season 3 of Elements of War. This is Johnny, who plays Chime North. This is Jeff, playing Jerry Lang. This is Jeremy, playing Julian Illux. This is Aaron, playing Sam Faluge. Uh, Ellie, playing Archie. And I'm Jordan, and I barely play anybody. So season two ended on a bit of a bang where you all had to basically flee the town of Consiglio, get out of town because bad things were going to happen because, well, someone got a hold of a a magic helmet and started broadcasting information. (laughs) Broadcasting a manifesto. Yeah. Well, we figured out that we were actually fighting the council. (laughs) <laughs> so yes. like physically so there, there was no more staying in the city you after that can't really stick around <laughs> no. No. might as well do some damage on our way out all because Sam wanted to contact an old buddy yeah, well, we killed actually two council members two right? council members correct that's not a bad body yeah. count for the council no so you all have fled Consiglio yes. and it is now a, a new shift in locations we are now outside of the outside of the town and the area around consiglio in north Bellisera is pretty much all tundra i actually watched the movie snowpiercer this week <laughs> I love that movie. it's a good movie in like a terrible way yeah but <laughs> <laughs> well, well i was thinking about it that movie snowpiercer very much like follows some very similar tropes as elements of war Okay. Like in terms of like the classism and, yeah. and like keeping information from people and also homeostasis in, in populations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a very interesting take on the world, uh, except instead of a dome city, they chose to do it on a moving train. Yeah. So anyway, what we're going to do is something very similar to what we've done in the past where we've had focused episodes on specific characters. And our first character that we're going to focus on is actually Chime. This is going to be very similar to a, like a free-form episode of Fiasco. Johnny, we're going to go ahead and let you set mm-hmm. some scenes. I'll arbitrate what needs arbitrating, and um, I'll play any NPCs that we need. Um, but to set the scene, you all have left the dome. You're trying to travel ostensibly to the animal preserve because you have a few androids with you that need some mechanical medical attention. And also Katari. Yes, Katari. I was trying to remember if Katari was an elemental or a, an android, so that took a second. No, she's she's just an elemental. A proxy. A proxy, proxy. yes. <laughs> she was just an elemental. Yes. She would not be with us. <laughs> <laughs> no, but her elemental is sick. Yes. Daisy is sick. So it's so weird that people name their elementals. <laughs> the elementals name themselves. Shade already had a name. He was polite enough to introduce himself. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 
Anyway, we'll go ahead and save that for Jerry's episode. (laughs) (laughs) There's some conflict right there that might be really fun to dig into. Chime, you all are outside of your area of expertise. Yes. Did you ever serve... I was always a paper pusher. Always a paper pusher. You never had to do like any kind of winter weather no. training or anything nope. like that. Nothing like that at all. I've never left the city before. I would think that the winter weather training would be standard for military, though. It's very seeing as how emergency state of winter living. weather conditioning is part of basic training, but that's just emergency training. How are you feeling about leaving the city for the first time? It, it's a very conflicted feeling. It's a, a lot of fear, you know, going out into the unknown. Mm. But at the same time, it's a relief to know that I'm getting away from the people who are trying to kill me. That is it. Or the, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> I wasn't planning to kill you today, but okay. What would you like to do for the first scene focusing on China? So I'm thinking the first, like, flashback. As I'm leaving the city with people chanting north, yes, I think back to the day that Choler decided to take a fire elemental. Okay. I would imagine that this is something of a rite of passage, you know, like maybe something that you do between like the ages of 10 to 12. Yeah. It's like you are presented with the option. Like you can choose whether... I'd say more like 10 to 14, but yeah. Or two. That wasn't a choice. <laughs> Sometimes people make choices for other people. I mean, that's the world, the way the world works. So you're the younger brother, if I remember yes, correctly. Yes, I'm the younger brother by about four years. So let's say he was about 12. Mm-hmm. So that would put you at about eight. Yes. And he's been tormenting me my entire life. I think this would be the, when my phobia of fire elementals started. Do we have any volunteers to play young Choler? I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> Says my younger brother. Will <laughs> be a challenge for me because it is way outside my wheelhouse. Yes, it is. I will be their father, Vester. Vester North. Yep. Go ahead and pull out the map of Consiglio. We have something <clears throat> really cool. That we've never talked about before. Are we going into the center? We are going into the center of Consiglio. Chime has been in the center of Consiglio? Oh, man. Ooh. Uh. So there is a... They're in the exact center of the city where all of the hubs meet, right next to the army base. There is a blank zone that, that we have not yet discussed yeah. in Consiglio. The closest we've come to it is the Black House on the army base. Yes. We're going to go ahead and name this Zone Zero. This is actually the place that the council claims the elementals first appeared in the world. The council claim. Wouldn't be a good place to do the rights. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll say that Vester takes both sons, Choler and Chime, to Zone Zero as a camping trip, so to speak. There's like a, an area that's kept pretty lush, pretty green. There are four different sub-quadrants in there. And basically what happens is that the initiate, for lack of a better term, goes to a, like a, a place, a zone in the middle. They like walk through some underground tunnels 
and then they're brought up on a, a raised elevator, kind of, you've seen the movie Hunger Games, right? Very much like mm -hmm. that. And then they wait and watch and see if something appears to draw them in to a specific area. And there's one area is like a, a waterfall. There's another one that looks very much like a garden with a lot of trees and plants and flowers and everything is growing and vibrant with, with botanical life. And you can just smell that rich, musty earth. And third, there's like a wind that just kind of circulates like a dust devil just like in the middle it's everything is swept clean except for this whirlwind that's approaching and then the fourth is a pool of lava toller's just gonna be like i know exactly where i'm going to I know exactly where i'm headed to so he doesn't even he doesn't even wait to see if an elemental presents themselves nope he's gonna go over to the lava pool and first inkling of movement he sees he's gonna reach out and grab it. Okay, uh, go ahead and roll 3d6. <laughs> two. <laughs> Good try, Jeff. Good try. Uh, so, Choler burns his hand as he tries to grab fire. Fire. Choler, be careful. Son, don't say anything to him. He has to work this out for himself. Yeah, shut up, Pipsqueak. I'm always in my hair. Alright, so he circles the, the pool of lava, okay. just being patient, watching, waiting. How does young Chan feel about his little brother? He both cares for him and is afraid of him. He, he wants to be treated better and feel loved, but instead he just, he feels fear. Go ahead and roll again. Try and attract him. Seriously. Two. <laughs> Two. <laughs> Seriously. Get it all out now. <laughs> At least you're not rolling it with Jer. <laughs> We're going to swap out the die. <laughs> so, like a belch of flame comes out and actually licks across Choler's upper shoulder and like sears the flesh of his shoulder. Chime, your, your older brother who you love is getting hurt. Yeah, I, I start to uh, run towards him. Yeah. Choler, watch out! It's gonna burn you! Shut up! Get out of here! There are three council members who are... Actually, four council members watching the proceedings. So I start to run towards Choler to grab him and run back away from the wall. Okay, go ahead and make me a, uh, a running roll. Oh. <laughs> I got a bad feeling about this. Season three is going to be awful. <laughs> three rolls, three ones. So you trip. I trip. And you're stumbling forward, windmilling your eight-year-old arms. Quick trip. And you run into him. Yeah. And you both fall into the lava. Choler hits the lava first, and he's just engulfed. And then... As Chime is falling, there's an explosion as both of them are basically physically ejected from the lava pool. And, and like this huge bubble just kind of forms, like pushing everything out. The air gets this awful burned ozone smell to it. You can see the, the flames are starting to lick around the council members' robes as they're standing on the opposite side of the pool. I want to say something about the council member so bad. <laughs> Go ahead. 
uh, three of the council members at the explosion kind of perk up and, and back up just a little bit. One council member just stands there, just puts his hand out to the other ones, and then points right at Vester North. Doesn't say a word. Yeah. Just points at him. Alright, so I just got thrown out by a fire explosion. Yeah. You you hit the ground close to your father. Come here, boy. What the heck? What kind of burns have I sustained? Um, it's very superficial because of the, the it was more like the force of the explosion that knocked you back. But you hit the ground pretty hard. You you have the air knocked out of you. Dad, I was just trying to help him. I didn't want him to get hurt. You come here right now. I'm sorry, Dad. I just wanted to help him. You can't help him. He has to do this on his own. Do you know what you get for this? And he lights up his hand and just holds it to your face. No! Ah! Don't flinch. Ah! And he starts singeing. I'm sorry, Dad. He starts singeing your forehead. I'm sorry. At this point, he stops. Cholo, are you all right? <coughs> yeah, yeah, just <coughs> a little bit of gas in my lungs. You're unharmed. All right. Cholo is going to reach again. There you go. 17. Choler has successfully bonded to the fire elemental. You jump, the fire comes out of here. Sweet. Dad, did you see that? I did! And he, like, throws his hands out in front of him. Like, yeah, like Johnny Flame, Flame on. <laughs> and two fireballs just engulf his hands without burning him at all. The one council member that pointed at Vester at that point steps forward and lights his hands as well. And he actually points at Chime and says, because you have interrupted your brother's choosing process, you will not be allowed to undergo the initiations. I'm just whimpering, crying, laying at my father's feet. He kicks you, stop it. Sorry. He reaches down and grabs you by the arm and pulls you up and shoves you back towards the, the elevator. Sorry. I think we can call it a scene then. I think we can call that a scene. I blocked all that out. <laughs> you probably didn't even know where you were. Yeah. Like when it was going on. No. no. And even as though I don't know that I would recall that that's actually the council chambers, right. I would recognize the council in the flashback, but not exactly where it was. Mm-hmm. And so that's what flashes through my head as I step out of the city. As you're leaving the city. For the As I'm leaving the city. First time. I'm looking out and it's just a vast wasteland of white. This is my thought process. I finally escaped from that horrible place that I didn't realize I was trapped in. Where do I go from here? I know where I started. I know where, where, where we are going. But what's my goals? Am I ever going to return here? Am I ever going to know why my father treated me that way at this point we'll say that you were you were kind of falling back behind the rest of the group mm-hmm. let's say julian comes up to try and get you to keep coming forward you don't realize it but julian had just stopped along the path and waits for you yeah to, i'm to just slowly strolling it's like um you need to wake up you need to keep your eyes peeled out here I, I, I'm, I'm sorry you know, I said the 
when we left the city, the kind of creatures out here that are going to hunt us are going to pick off people from the back of the pack. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I remember you saying that. It's, it's just remembering what was hunting me before. So I'll do my best to keep up. Keep up. I'll do my best. And I start to walk a little bit faster to try to catch up with the rest of the group. Julian, at that point, just turns around and looks at the back and starts to walk backwards, still looking behind him, like a few paces before he turns around. Okay. I guess the next scene I would frame be uh, after two days of hiking. Okay. Go ahead and make me a, a survival. Hey, that wasn't two ones. <laughs> Nine. Okay. Um, you all are you're able to keep up with uh, everybody just fine. You all are starting to get concerned about the the rations levels that you've got. You, you're going to have to start thinking about like how to proceed while like trying to hunt or trap your own food. So I'd say that uh, I guess Julian. Being the most experienced out here with how to survive in the wild, so I would say that Julian probably the one who brings up the idea of a, a hunting party, trying trying to do his part, volunteers to assist any way he can. So this has been two days. This has been a couple of days. Uh, how okay? How long do you think it's going to take us to walk? Mm-hmm. If we walk the entire way, we're talking months. It's, okay. it's a good several hundred kilometers. Okay. So honestly, in two days, Julian's not going to ask you to do any hunting for him. Yeah. Well, he's not asking. You're, Julian's not asking. From what I understand, Chime is volunteering. Yes. That's Julian exactly would yeah. refuse. Okay, well, let's go ahead and play this out and see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess the scene starts off is Julian's in there and he's talking to Bear. Bear has a back, uh, pack on and he's facing away from Julian. Julian is sitting there, and he's in there, and he's taking out all of the rations. Right. And it's like, Bear, we don't need this. We're going hunting for, like, two hours. But <laughs> but I can't feel the dirt. How am I going to know if we're going to, to survive if I can't feel the dirt? So you got to eat to survive. It'll be two hours. No, and we're so going to get food. How do, how do you know it's only going to beat what if there's an avalanche what if we fall in ice we're, we're nowhere near mountains right now there's not going to be an avalanche but what about a manticore look we're only going like half an hour from here do you know how much i eat in half an hour in this half an hour nothing <sighs> but i'm hungry and he, he says oh chime you're here yeah um I hear you talking. Um, is there anything I can do to help? I'm more than willing to go help you bring back whatever you catch. Takes. I'm, I'm a decent shot. Um, you know, doing what I can help you? You could carry some rations. That's actually not a bad idea. You can carry these rations okay. back to Jer so he can put them away. <laughs> okay. There's sure there's nothing you want me you to do out on the hunting party? We need them. We truly, we need them. We need them. Are you Bear, sure you want to take about, him? Bear, I'm about to leave you. You're going to stay here. Uh-uh. No, no. I go. Then you do what I say. Chime, you've been out here for two days. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to learn from you. Right now, this is not the place to learn. Where is if not here? I mean, you can't get experience in the wild without being in the wild, right? That is true, but... Go ahead and make a persuasion roll. 
Oh. Oh. Of course. 31. 31? <laughs> Gary, that's my special ability. I like seeing Jeremy's like rolling. He's like, oh, all and right. If, if you were in a really agitated mood at me, I would, I would have had to love a die to roll. Look, I'm telling you, I can help you. I'm trying to learn from you. I won't do anything outside of what you tell me to do specifically. I'm trying to learn. Julian's going to get really angry. And he's going to actually say 100% what he's thinking right now. He's going to say, look, we are less than five miles from a major hunting ground of an animal that you don't want to mess with. You don't want him to even smell that we are here. You want to come along with me? Fine. You make one misstep, you'll be gone. And this group will be much better off. Follow me. Bear, let's go. So all three of you head off into the wild. With that, we're going to take just a few moments of a break. Thank you so much. You ever wonder when Spider-Man goes to the bathroom if the toilet paper sticks to his fingers? You ever wonder why Superman wears his underwear outside of his pants? My name is Imran. My name is Anthony. He's the jock. And he's the nerd. And we're your hosts for the Jock and Nerd podcast, where we sometimes try to attempt to answer these questions. This is a full spoiler podcast, and we swear a lot. Check it out for awesome geek news, interviews, and comic book reviews. Visit jockandnerd.com. We are your superhero TV, movies, and comic book culture curators. Boom. Jockandnerd.com. Jockandnerd! And we are back. As you're going, you see um, you see some small animals, you know, inconsequential things. Some, some birds flying above, like, and all of a sudden they'll, like, drop down and they'll come up with like small rats and you know like things that are are well adapted towards snow animals snow animals yes every once in a while you'll see like a a a wild air elemental or water elemental moving across the the tundra like from a distance so what does that look like you see that yeah is it just like a streak of color or so sometimes the snow will like rise up in waves and like crest over each other and just keep like flowing across the the tundra and sometimes you'll see like the air element just like cyclones that all of a sudden go from light to dark to light to dark and just shadows coming out of nowhere and then swallowing something up and then then dissipating all of a sudden and sometimes they will coincide where you'll see the snow cresting and then it'll disappear for a second just invisible and then You'll see the the snow falling on the other side of like a maybe a four foot gap for no reason. Unusual place out here. This is the real world. I'm learning that. Where are we going? How should I prepare myself? Hey bear. Uh huh. Teach him how to sharpen that stick. So this is a stick. Okay. Just like we did last time. Uh huh. Here's a rock. Okay. You take the stick and you take the rock. And you put the end of the stick on it, and you go like this. How many of these do we need? And then you turn it, and then you poke something like this. Bear, stop. Stop, bear. Stop. You get maybe one, maybe two shots of this. Okay, how many of these sticks? So I should prepare two sticks? Bear's got one. You need a second one. Okay. I start sharpening the stick. I would imagine you can... Do that while we're walking. Yeah, continue walking while you're That was the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and make me a tracking roll, Julian. 
18. You're starting to see some tracks of a single type of an animal? Yeah, like what you're actually talking okay. about. Yeah. How many sets? It looks like about two sets. Two sets. A big one and a little one. That, that's a big animal. Is that what we're after? A little one. A little one's what we're after? Which is the tricky part. I'm just thinking about the dangers of the big one when we take the little one. That's the tricky part. So should we just follow these tracks? From where we think we are, we won't see the big one's tracks much longer. Okay. So we just keep following the little ones? And when we stop seeing the big one's tracks, we need to stop. Okay. So that's the next step. Uh, when the big one stops, you see Julian motions Bear come over, and he is holding his finger up. I grab, put my hand over top of Bear's mouth. He reaches into the pack, pulls out, it's like a blanket, um, but it's got a bunch of like brush and rocks and stuff like weaved into one side of it. And he actually takes the sharpened sticks and puts those in the ground mm -hmm. and puts it one edge of it up over top. Okay. And he points in motions for Chime and Bear to get underneath of that. I crawl underneath. So it's it's creating like this. Like open. a lean-to. Yeah. And then Julian holds his hand out and in a motion for them to like wait there. And then he actually slowly creeps up and goes over top of the next hilltop. And then probably like two or three minutes later, you hear running footsteps. Stick my hand just enough to see if I can see what's coming. Not enough to like be visually seen if I can help it, but just enough to see what's coming. Okay. Julian is actually he's carrying this animal that is limp. He's charging, he's like sprinting, and he like slides right into underneath of the the thing and then he's he's holding up and his his arm is just covered in blood and he holds his and his finger up over his mouth uh, like go ahead and make me a reflexes roll to make sure that you get into the lean field. It's a target number. Why is it fun to tell you? <laughs> <laughs> so he knows he wants to use a hero point now. <laughs> target number's fifteen. I got character points. Nine. <laughs> Second character point. Fourteen. Three character points. Yeah, now, now I rolled the six. Twenty. Congratulations. You're able to to slide into the lean-to while, while handling a large infant winter creature. It's a, it's a pretty heroic feat of effort right there. Yeah. As he's motioning for them to be quiet, you hear something flying over top. You hear like this animal screech. You know, I'm wide-eyed. I'm looking at Julian. I'm looking at the creature in his arms. Is the creature dead or is oh, it's it moving? Dead. It's dead. Okay. It's dead. Okay. Slightly panicked but trying to stay calm. Can we see it fly over us? Every so often. Uh, but it seems to be growing in intervals. The time it takes is is taking longer and It's searching longer. further and further away. Yes, correct. But it seems to be moving in like a circular pattern. Okay. Uh, Merchant Julian, point at 
my watch on my arm, you know, with a questioning look. Julian's gonna wait for it to circle back around and then see him like counting like in his head. And then he holds up five. Five more rotations. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, the time passes. And you're able to crawl out of the lean field. As we crawl out, I when Julian help me clean this up. Putting at the blanket and it sticks. Yeah, you can just put it back in in the bag. He goes into the bag, pulls out like a canteen of something, pulls out the stopper, and immediately like puts his head away from it. Like mm. it's like it stinks. Yeah. And is going to just like pour that over top of the baby. Yeah. Well, that's insult to injury. Cover the scent. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 No, is this like a natural smell type of thing, like a musk, or is it more like a motor oil or? or? It's in that natural okay, okay. smell. Um, basically, Julian had to mix some of this stuff together out in the wild. Too. Okay, gotcha. So you guys are able to head back to where you left Sam and Archie and Katari. And... Yeah, as we're walking, I just asked Julian one quick question. I, I see what you did, but how did you actually kill this stuff? Small lessons. Okay. Now you know when you see those tracks. You see, you don't see the big ones anymore. That's as far as you go. Yep. Understood completely. Don't want to get tangled up with a mama like that. Well, me hold. No. They like to take their time. So. Now, when you get back to camp, are you planning to see, like cure any of it, or do you plan to just do what you can and then move on? Or uh, no. We want to cure as much as we can. So as soon as we get back, I start working on building a fire. Yeah. Yeah, sounds like a good scene. It seems like you're traveling okay. Who's been taking point on most of the like the pathfinding? Jerry. Yeah. Kind of makes sense with everything colored nice. Yeah. All right. I think that we're headed towards Choler City to get an airship from there. Okay. That's where you've been directing the. How 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 many days would it take to go to Choler City? By foot. Yeah. Day. About a, I would say about uh, two weeks at most. Yeah. Okay, so we're approaching Choler City. We see a dome. That's the first thing we see. Okay. So I go over to uh, Jer. Jer, what, what what city is that? That's Choler. <laughs> <laughs> Had to be, didn't it? I didn't name it. I know. So is that where we're going? Yeah, I figure we can get an airship from there down to... We haven't named that place yet. The Preserve. Preserve. The Preserve. An airship, are you sure that's the, the best idea? From the back? Nope. There's Julian. It's better than going overseas. Are you sure about that? Because there's all sorts of people that go on the sea. Airships are truly controlled by the council. Or the council. Not outside of Choler. Going south from Choler, it's different. Because I guarantee you that they have our identities waiting for us at Choler City. There's a place in the south of the city that doesn't care what you look like. So we're not actually going into the city? We're going to go around it. Okay. So how close are we getting to the actual city? Close enough. So around these domes. Yes. I know it's heated inside the domes. Does it radiate out from the dome at all? Like, is there, like, a melted, like a, like a 10-foot patch of melted ice around the dome? Or? That would be some pretty poor insulation. 
actually outside of Troller City, there are moats dug, dug out. They had a, a, an uprising about 40-odd years ago, and people started trying to forcibly leave the city. So they dug these moats with the intention that if someone like actually got through the dome, because the dome is set about 20 feet above the ground, and then the, the moat goes down another 15 feet or so. So if someone tries to get out at an unauthorized point, they'll fall into the moat. Whereas Concilia was on top of a hill, so if you escape, they could shoot at you. Exactly. But one thing about Troller City, there have been known um, sky pirates. You know, sometimes there are people, smugglers, ne'er-do-wells, people who are willing to leave the wretched hive of scum and villainy to, <laughs> to maybe take some passengers to a doomed planet without too many questions asked. No council entanglements. <laughs> no counselor. No counselor entanglements. Uh, Alright, Jer, um, so, airship. How much is this going to cost us? How much do you have? Not much. All my money is basically tied up in the city stuff. It counts, you know? Right, right, right. I've always been above board until now. I have my uh, council issued uh, credit bracelet. No, that's not true. I took that off when we left the city. That's a great tracking device. You yeah. Got, like implanted on your wrist there, sir. Yeah. We just need the airship to get over the mountains. Okay. How are we going to pay for it? That depends on who's willing to take us. No, any of these uh, pilots? It's been some years since I've traveled this way. Some years meaning five or twenty? A hundred? Closer to twenty. So the people you knew probably are no longer there, is what you're saying. Yeah, but I know where to look. Okay. We're trusting you. Well, at least you are. I'm not too sure about Julian. Yeah, he's letting you lead, isn't he? No, he's keeping us alive. Well, yes, I get that, but he's letting you lead the direction. That's fair. So, we get to where we can see the moats, I guess, but mm -hmm. we don't want to be spotted by anybody inside the city. How wide are the moats? About 20 feet wide. There's no jump in that. So, yeah, we don't want to go up to the moat, because then any guards are there, they would see us. I would imagine they have thermal cameras. Yeah, I imagine so, but, again, we, we want to stay far enough back that they wouldn't be able to visually see us. Okay. So, I guess we, we go around the city. Can we get to where you say this airbase will be? Yes. What do we see at the airbase? You see some outbuildings and a can cantina. You see actually what looks like towers. You know those fire towers that they have on, on like ridges so that they can, like park rangers can watch for forest mm -hmm. fires and things yeah. like that? They have towers like that. Um, with stairs that go up in the inside of the legs. Okay. There's a, um, a couple of landing bays. landing bays, and you can see, like, some small airships that are docked at each other. Are the airships labeled at all, like, company label logos, or is it just, they're all look pretty much the same? They're all rather differently decorated. Some of them have, like, fins coming off of them in multi multiple colors, some of them are, one of them is painted all matte black. Some of them are just like trying to pass. They have insignia that look very close to like official military insignia, but there's always something wrong with it. 
Just like if you saw it from a, a couple of hundred kilometers. Like some Starbucks like, shirts. <laughs> yeah. If you saw it like a couple of like kilometers away, you probably wouldn't notice until you got too terribly close to it. Some of them have like registration numbers painted <clears throat> on the side. One of them actually looks like it's been painted in black and white zigzag. So I gather the whole group together. Okay, so we need to figure out which ship we're going to take and how we're going to pay for it. What resources do we have that we can trade? I have a jar of dirt. That's not your jar of dirt. Julian's like, bear, you can't eat that. And takes it back. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we're going to pay. Not necessarily money, but we're not going to hijack the ship. I mean... We're trying to get out of this without dying. You're not a fan of being in... In an enclosed space, when we are wanted by the country that we are flying out of, I I agree. I I feel the same way. All right, we'll put it to a vote. Do I get two? No, you only get one. (laughs) Depends on who's voting. (laughs) And I'm not so sure that everybody's vote still counts right now. Why are you looking at me? I just decided to look around the circle there. Don't worry, you're fine. <laughs> and then looks at her. <laughs> How is Katari looking at this point? She has good days and she has bad days. Okay. But she's been spending a lot of time on a stretcher. Mm-hmm. I volunteer myself to uh, steal the aircraft. Why couldn't we steal it? it? That's what? Because none you. of us know how to fly one. How hard can it be? You'll learn as you go. One? What's that? Have you ever been on one? Yeah. This is why yeah. I said I'm not sure whose vote should count we right now because this is Buy some ridiculous. parachutes and then we steal the aircraft. If we start going down, we jump out of the aircraft. And land in the sea. But yeah, so we flew from Consiglio all the way over to Marnoline. I did some minor tasks. Did you ever see the cockpit? No. But again, how hard can it be? Pretty difficult. Have you flown one? No, but I've seen the cockpit, and I've witnessed them flying the ship, and I couldn't do it. Is there instructions on how to pilot one in the, in the helmet? At this point, Sam says, no, I haven't tried it. And you shouldn't. You why, know why you have that thing. All right, so it sounds like... Our group is torn. Our group is torn. No ways in the world. I mean, I want to get there as quick as we can, but at the same time, I agree with Julian that getting tied up in a closed environment inside of a country where we are wanted is not a good idea. Someone that's not even well enough to walk on their own. Yes. That's not going to raise red flags to any person that's going to offer us transport. If we're already wanted, just do it. Can we be any more hunted than we are? Do you have a persuasion rule? We, we can. I mean, who am I persuading here? Well, it sounds like Sam is pretty on board with stealing an airship. It sounds like Jerry's easily convinced into stealing an airship. Julian is dead set against stealing an airship. Can we have a comp- combined persuasion? So, Sam is getting bored. <laughs> no, no. Sam is willing to do either. But would have fun stealing it. <laughs> I would have fun not carrying a body around. That's what we do. <laughs> oh, 
car. We buy some dogs. Okay. We buy a sled. Okay. Is that body of water frozen? Is that body of water frozen? We ride across it, right? I I mean... That's ocean. Oh, do you know what was actually frozen then? No, we did not. really. That's a good idea. At least to get us to the mountains, that would work. Dog sleds. Yeah. Be a lot quicker than going by foot. Don't we run into the same problem, though? We don't have money. Again, what resources do we have? (laughs) I can talk the sale to happen, I think. But we need to have something to give to trade. That goes back to my original question What resources do we have that we can trade? That we're willing to give up? Yes. Nothing. We don't have anything. We only took what we needed. We have information. Service. What kind of service? Murder. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Might as well steal the ship. (laughs) Building. Well, we have two individuals that are in need of some elemental medical attention. We We do. That's why I'm trying to get us there as quick as we can. So we don't need to be taking side jobs just to earn money to pay for transportation. All right. (laughs) Tell you what. How about this? We'll take one day camp here. During that day, Archie, you go locate where we can acquire some dogs. Sam, I know you love airships. Go ask around the airships of what it would cost to fly. Can I trade with Archie? That's up to you two. Okay. Same one for the dogs. Same one. Julian, you're in charge of the camp, like always, of course. You know what's going on out here more than better than any of us. Jer, do a checkup on Katari. Like I wouldn't do that. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying, do your do your normal checkup on Katari, and then figure out where we can acquire sleds. And what would our self-appointed leader be doing? I'm gonna wait for that too. I'm waiting for when y'all tell me where we can get this stuff so I can go negotiate the best deal for us. So just sit in your protected little box like the council member that you are and tell everybody else what to do. I'm just throwing ideas here. We don't have to go with my plan. I'm trying to come up with something for us to do here. I'll take there. Does he still not have a face? But No, he doesn't. But I want want to go see the airship. That's That's for sure. Yeah, that's where he's going. Oh! Oh! Bear, pay attention! But I was thinking about cheese. So, Julian, do you have any other suggestions besides just walking? I have tons of suggestions, but no one wants to hear them. I'm asking what they are besides just walking. I'm all yours. Oh, besides just walking? Yes. That is the best option. Why why is that better than a dog set, which would get us there quicker? Because we don't have to interact with anybody. So how has the training lessons, which I've been going over the past few weeks, resisted? Hmm. On whose end? Chimes. So this log jam has been in the making for the entire trips, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, which we will get to heavily once we get I'm to I'm sure. No, I'm sure. <laughs> but it looks like we're going to have to find out what happens, though, as we continue with this narrative. For this week, we're going to go ahead and leave off here. We hope you've enjoyed listening. Thank you for listening to Bone Thrower's Theater. Our cast is Aaron, Ellie, Jeff, Jeremy, Johnny, and Jordan. We are releasing this podcast under a Creative Commons attribution, 
non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0 unported license. That means you can share the podcast, but please do not modify it or try to gain financially from it. If you would like to visit our website, you can do so at bonethrowerstheater.com. If you'd like to send us an email, you can do so at bonethrowerstheater at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is bonethrowerstheater. You can also look us up on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And until next time, may the bones fall ever in your favor. This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production.